for any of you who have ever tried to learn a new language, one of the most difficult things, particularly if you are visiting that country, is to understand expressions that are used as shorthand. Idioms that we would use such as, it's raining cats and dogs. No. For English speakers, we are accustomed to idioms like that and to proverbs that others might find a little confusing. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Many hands make light work. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Proverbs are a cultural signpost, an indication of what a society values and sees as normative. And they're clues to everyday living, like what makes for strong families. How do we understand life and community? What do we think about caring for our neighbors? How do we live lives of integrity? And the book of Proverbs is no different. And passages from this wisdom text are rarely appearing in our lectionary, I think half a dozen or fewer times over the course of the three years. So how could I pass up this opportunity? A scholar has said that the sayings in Proverbs are an invitation to reflect on the sacredness of everyday life. Proverbs draw attention to the ordinary moments that reveal our character. Now, traditionally, Proverbs is attributed to Solomon that last great king of the united monarchy and the sage granted wisdom by God, a wisdom that was sought from leaders across the known world. When in fact, the compilation of Proverbs occurred over centuries and encompasses advice on everything from how to function in a royal court to choosing a proper spouse. I mean, who here doesn't agree with the proverb that a nagging wife is as bad as a leaking roof? That might be one of my husband's favorites. <clears throat> the, only, the only one he can quote from the book of Proverbs. It is indeed fitting that we get a text from Proverbs now because Proverbs are the wisdom of ordinary day-to-day -day life, perfect for this season of ordinary time. And so that passage you heard today, I can tell you the whole thing again because it's only two verses. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. And this comes from a section educating aspiring young men how to behave in royal court and government. And it follows the most common literary pattern in the book of Proverbs, a two-line proverb 
where the first line makes an observation or a claim, and the second line develops it. Y'all remember I was an English teacher. I can't resist this stuff. This proverb highlights the very point Jesus is making in our gospel lesson from Luke about not elevating yourself lest you be shamed by public demotion. Better to be invited than wrongly assume and be disgraced. Humility is a virtue that is prized throughout Scripture, and especially so in Proverbs. It is understanding that humility is to be sought and lived because all wisdom belongs to God, and we are not God, not ever. Bringing to mind that other well-known proverb, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Humility is esteemed in the individual, in the family, and in the larger community. And we all know people who model this way of being, don't we? I would guess someone has come to mind for each of you. And my dear husband, um, I'm going to tell a story about him because, you know, I do that. My family is free. I get to do whatever I want. And he did actually come this morning. And he normally sits right over here near the houses. And he was way in the back near an exit. But I'm going to share with you a story that came to mind immediately when I read this proverb, a real-life version of this lesson. When we lived in Pennsylvania, my husband ran a chocolate company. Yes, he was kind of a real-life Willy Wonka, but with much better hair than Gene Wilder's version. In the closest parking space to the building had traditionally been the boss's parking place. Don, however, parked his car at the back of the lot. And as you can imagine, this caused all sorts of buzz. He was oblivious to it. After 31 years of marriage, I can attest to that not being surprising. Why wasn't he parking there? Didn't he know the boss always parks there? The entire lot would be full, except for that one space. It would be empty. So finally, someone came to him and said that he was causing confusion and consternation. And in addition, it was becoming a really unhelpful distraction. He needed to park in that first spot, that one closest to the building. Well, that's not what he did. Instead, he put up a sign that said visitor parking. (laughs) So these ordinary things, these proverbs about ordinary life in ordinary time, tell us so much 
about how to live in community. No, Don was not in a royal court, but his genuine act of humility told the folks he worked with more than mere words ever could have. His actions revealed his character, his priorities, his leadership style, and his concept of community. And had anyone probed and asked him why, they would have found that this way of moving through the world is deeply grounded in my husband's theology and his attempts to live an authentic life of faith. And while Proverbs doesn't have the drama of much of the Old Testament with prophets and miracles and smiting, it does have the essence of what that opening collect today calls upon to increase in us true religion. And I think of true religion not as mere words, but true religion is action and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. God is God. We are not. And Proverbs shows us how to live in that in-between space, how to live out a life of faith wherein our actions reflect our values, how to show humility, and whatever measure of wisdom we are lucky enough to have, and faithfulness. And that there is a sacredness in the most ordinary encounters on the most ordinary of days. I thought there was a good chance I might be adding one more proverb to this collection, but I didn't have to. And I thought that was going to be, if you want your husband to come to church, don't tell him you're talking about him in your sermon. I now need to amend that. He will come, but he will sit far away. And I promise that any of you who inhabit the back of the church are ever brave enough to come sit in some of these front rows, we won't ask you to move back. Amen. <laughs>